Hey, welcome to the Disruptive Innovation Podcast bonus episode. We had so much to talk about, we've made this special episode just for you. Okay, we're back. So uh, Mike and Lee, you guys were talking software. Why don't we pick up that conversation for our listeners and uh, maybe focus on some of the software-related companies that uh, your, your VC is funding? That's great. And so Lee, there's no question, right? We are living in a software-driven economy. Um, the If I look at enterprises and I look at the dramatic shift in you know where the power is in most companies, we've moved from the CIO and the IT department to the DevOps department, right? Every company is transforming itself into a digital enterprise. And in order to do that, you need to be able to write code, hmm. right? As you, you you mentioned earlier, this, I think, extraordinary acquisition from Microsoft of GitHub. We're seeing so many different ways of training and educating coders, including these you know, immersive coding academies. Right. There's so much going on in the world of software development. So given that this is your primary focus as, as the investing partner on behalf of the Root Ventures team, what are you seeing? What are you excited about? And, and talk about some of your investments in this area. Yeah, so what we're really interested in, what I'm really interested in is what are the hard problems in software? And I think that that is something that's never going to go away. Sort of what is easy and what is hard in software shifts over time, but there's always something hard. Mm-hmm. If you think back to when PayPal was founded, um, there's a really great story about, uh, and I don't remember which executive, but you know they're all famous. But one one of them on the phone with a bank, and the bank said, "Listen, you will never, there will never be a day when credit cards are processed on on the internet. It doesn't." <laughs> and so you go you go forward to Stripe now, and you can do it in five lines of code. Yeah. And so uh, I think that that floor is always rising, and and I'm really interested in um, sort of what's at the very top of that waterline, I suppose. Um, so. Today, I think that that's often things like AI, machine learning, computer vision, mm-hmm. um, sort of applied to very specific applications, often with domain experts. Um, quick, we, have a, we work with a company called Instrumental that's using computer vision to do anomaly detection. So mm-hmm. find out what are the defects um, of products coming off of a factory line. Um, I mentioned Tortuga earlier, which is using computer vision in a novel way for agriculture. Um, and also interested in as the world changes, what are these kinds of waves that you can ride uh, with software? So one company that we're working with is called Esper. And um, a company called Red Hat, a lot of your listeners may have heard of, uh, was just a massive acquisition by IBM. I think it was $34 billion. $34 billion. $34 billion. So betting the farm on the entire thing. Yeah, absolutely. So Red Hat's <laughs> about a 20-year-old company. Might even be more than that. And... Um, their bet was basically um, Linux was becoming a more popular operating system. I think a lot of it was about web servers. Yep. And so they were like, well, look, if you're going to deploy this unsupported random open source thing and run your whole business on it, you're going to want enterprise support. You're going to want features that are sort of enterprise ready. We look today, web servers are very much commoditized. Um, what is now being very widely deployed is uh, touchscreen devices. So we're seeing lots of purpose-built touchscreen devices. And a lot of them run on Windows CE still, a lot of the RISC computers and factories. At Teespring, we had you know, RISC Windows computers. Hmm, uh, and you'll see them at FedEx, UPS. Um, and, and folks are starting to upgrade these things. And uh, what was really interesting, I think, about the iPad, which really kind of launched the tablet um, sort of growth in, in the last decade, 
is that it was a consumer device, but very quickly people started using it for the enterprise. There's just a lot of natural fit. But if you start using off-the-shelf Android or off-the-shelf iOS, you'll have a lot of these, a lot of predictable problems. You need uh, the ability to manage your fleet, um, push software updates. You want the device to be sort of more locked down yeah. um, and, uh, and also just sort of more secure. Um, I kind of alluded earlier to Russian botnets. There's been Lots of interesting stories in the past few years about uh, networks of refrigerators that have been hijacked by hackers to shut down the internet. <laughs> and uh, no company wants that liability if they're putting out a refrigerator with a touchscreen on it. Right. Um, so Esper is a company that's trying to solve really all of these problems. I mean, there's a, a huge number of problems. Where, where are they based? Sorry. They're in Seattle. Okay. And um, uh, the CEO, Yadu, uh, was actually a early senior member of the Windows CE team and hmm. actually worked on a lot of stuff for AWS, Amazon Web Services. Um, so they're a, a pretty strong team to tackle this problem. And the reason I kind of mention this as disruptive is I think that we, when we look at what are the implications of touchscreens everywhere, there's a lot of things to think about. And, and I think folks that are interested in software that are looking kind of below the surface see this opportunity um, where... Um, you know, the I think that often if you are a software developer, I kind of have the perspective of I write this code, I'm putting it out in the world, but now I have to maintain it. As Mike mentioned, DevOps, right? So mm -hmm. DevOps is way harder when you're deploying software on a device and putting it out in the world. When, when I was at iRobot, we were building, and I wasn't a software engineer there, but I was working with them. We were putting software on robots and then deploying them to a rock. And um, you're done at that yeah. point. <laughs> there is there is no software update push to a robot running a Pentium 2 uh, off of the grid in Iraq. Um, so, you know, it's a little less extreme, I suppose, for mm -hmm. modern internet connected devices, but there are still some of the same issues. Um, so that's, you know, that's an example of, I think, where we as engineers have kind of felt the pain of a lot of stuff like this. And I think, I, you know, I hope that we're, I think, and I hope that we're sort of a little better suited to think about the software developer as a user. Um, Great. So Lee, I'd be remiss if I didn't tee up one last thread. So for our listeners, Lee and I first met through a shared passion for both engineering education hmm. as well as uh, entrepreneurial education at the university level. And so Lee is a proud graduate of the Olin College of Engineering. And for those of you who don't know Olin, it's one of the great probably less well-known top-ranked engineering schools in the country consistently year after year. So Lee happens to be on the presidential search committee. And since this is such a, a national treasure, such a unique institution, can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what, who is the ideal next president of mm -hmm. the Olin College of Engineering? Yeah, I love this angle. I mean, I think we are, <laughs> we are still definitely discussing that right now. And, uh, you know, I think we're still forming our opinions about what that ought to be. But I think s some stuff that's very clear is there's only been one president of Olin. That's uh, Rick Miller. And he's almost like the George Washington of the university. He's been there since the founding. And who's the next president going to be? I think they want I think we need someone who can embody the principles of Olin, um, which, uh, you know, it's, it, Olin is really uh, was founded to kind of create a new kind of engineer that was focused on people and users and um, teamwork. Uh, the joke Rick Miller always tells is that, you know, a, an extroverted engineer is someone who looks at uh, your shoes instead of their own. And I think <laughs> Olin wants to take the engineer a little further than that. We, we have seen that with the founders of uh, Lever, Skydio, um, 
common networks, a number of, you know, early, because uh, we haven't been around for too long, early but promising startups. And in fact, not just the CTOs, they're the CEOs, um, you know, sort of the public facing folks with engineering backgrounds have come out of Olin. So I, I would love, I think that we're all looking for someone who can really embody that, but also sort of what's the next direction of Olin? What can they add? And I, I don't think we have answers to what that ought to be. But, um, you know, where uh, if any of your listeners are interested in being uh, president of an academic institution, <laughs> a world class, uh, <laughs> highly celebrated, incredibly innovative engineering institution, I may add. Fantastic. <laughs> well, listen, Lee, from my perspective, I was excited about this discussion. It was, uh, you know, surpassed my expectations. It's just really always fun to have a chat with you. Um, so thank you so much for, you know, I literally racing here through Boston traffic to to join us in the studio. I know you've got another commitment. So from, you know, from my vantage point, really great having you in the studio. We look forward to doing it again. And I certainly echo that. I think uh, Mike's talked uh, uh, leagues about, we've gone through many discussions about uh, some of the projects you're working on. And uh, I certainly see a, a part two uh, in this, uh, in this discussion uh, and, and picking it up. But I also think you touched on a number of things that will resonate with our listeners. Uh, we've talked quite a bit about where are people who are thinking the right way being educated, where are they finding their sources of information and knowledge. Uh, so Olin sounds like the right kind of place and the, the companies that are in the portfolio for uh, for Root, but also that represent alumni. Uh, it's great stuff. And, and this is the kind of stuff to me that I think all listeners really um, connect with. So looking forward to you know part two of this. And uh, I know I have other questions and things that we want to tease on a little bit. So thank you for being in the studio. We appreciate that very much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank you, listeners. Uh, thank you for listening to the Disruption Innovation Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on any of your podcast platforms and give us five stars so we can keep doing this and bringing you the content that you love to hear. Thank you. Thank you.